Kevin, welcome to episode nine of Q the Duck Boats podcast. Are you happy to be back, buddy? Did you? I guess you were here last week, and then we did the bonus episode because you were out gallivanting for New Year's Eve. Sad not to have you on it with me. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I had a good New Year's. Uh, went to Newport, Rhode Island with a bunch of my buddies. So it was definitely a fun time. Just get out, not really be worried about COVID, but also be worried about COVID with all the measures going around. But Something that's just get out like normal. Nice. Glad to hear that. Glad you had a good new year. Before we get into any hockey talk, what is one goal you have for this new year? Tell me one of your goals for 2022. We grow to the duck boats to the moon. That's what I, I want. To I love it. I'm going to say mine's the same. Let's take this thing. Let's grow it. Let's take it to the moon. It starts right now. All right. So let's jump right into it. Uh, for the last two podcasts, we really haven't been able to talk hockey because we've just sat here and talked COVID, the Olympics, sadness. Well, we're done with that because the Bruins are back and we've got to watch them play three hockey games. How is it to get to watch them hockey finally? I love it, especially the way the Bruins have been playing. They come out. especially that first game we played the Sabres. I was watching with the boys at the house. We had Newport and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're down. And then all of a sudden it's like, went outside, played a little football and then came in and it's like, Wait, a tied game right now. So definitely nice to see the boys scoring some goals. Yeah, no, for sure. It was it's great. I, I think the biggest thing with all three of these Bruins games that we just we just had was that the fact that like we got scoring from all throughout the lineup, right? I'd like to not go to overtime with the Sabres, but we still we got the win. So I mean I'm happy with it, right? And it was just you're getting goals. You have so in that first game, Charlie has three three assists, which is great. Marshy has two assists. Then you're getting a goal from Coyle, a goal from Felino, finally getting the monkey off his back. So I was happy to see that. Cause I, I'm a still someone who like, yeah, I want more production out of Felino, but I've liked what I've seen so far. So I'm not I'm not yet throwing out the signing and saying it was a bad one. Obviously the dollar amount's a little high, but he has been bringing a good element to the game. So I'm not not mad about that. And then you get a goal from Hall and a goal from Smith. I think Smith's really on the uptrend. Hall is needs to be better. So, you know, we're getting that. And then, but we got to win. So I'm happy there. And then next game, Bruins Red Wings, we get that 5 1 win, which was huge. Um, only person on the Red Wings to get a goal was Tyler Bertuzzi. And we had McAvoy scoring, Nosick, which is a guy who is a bottom six guy. That That's something we need. We need that secondary scoring. Bergeron scores. Then the next two goals, we have one from Freddie, which was great to see. And it was a nice, he was ready right in front of the net and he grabbed that rebound, which was huge. Then you have Halla come in and he snipes that one, that one shot. So that was good. Like it, it makes me think like, Hey, maybe Hall is starting to get going too. So I think the biggest thing that like for me in these last three games that we've seen since the Bruins have came back from the little COVID pause is a lot of the guys who we need to get going look like they're starting to get going. So if our superstars can start to pull along too, because our stars haven't looked great since they've came back but again you know both Bergeron and Marshawn had COVID so they're gonna get going this team's gonna look legit again I think and I'm really happy about it how do you like how do you feel like I mean it look, I think it looks pretty good no I definitely agree like especially there's a sense of urgency like, especially with starting that Sabres game in the third period it's like all right we're down yeah. we need to get this going they're coming out like they're finding ways to score like you said Everyone, like, it's, it's great seeing Freddie because that's two games now in the Red Wings game. 
and then the last game that he scored was... a goal, and then also Oscar Steen. Uh, was Steen? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like he's looking great and like, dude, I know he's showing know. he wants to play. Like he's worked his butt off, and then at the time I was like, he has four points in the five games he's played all season. I know, but like three three assists and a goal. So he's definitely proven that, like, hey, when you give me the chances, I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna make the opportunities count, and oh. I want to be here at the big leagues. I agree. Like I think it right now, you'd be hard pressed to take him out of the lineup. I really do. I, he's he's played great. He's earned his spot. And then, right, that's the game against the Devils. You're getting a goal from Carlo, a goal from Lazar, a goal from Pasta, Steen, and Frederick. Secondary scoring is so important in the NHL. And if we can get them going, we might have something here. And that, that would be great. Obviously, we still need a second-line center. We still need a top-pairing left defenseman. Yes, we know that. We've been saying it for the last two years, right? We know that. I guess maybe not the center thing because it's crazy, but it's just we know. But if this team can will themselves along to the trade deadline and keep picking up all the wins they're supposed to get, then I'll be happy. Tonight's a game, right? Tonight's a game where I hope they get the win. It's not a game they're supposed to win, though. It's a game where it's a battle against another good team. But as long as this team can keep to win, winning the games we're supposed to win, then we should be all right. We really should. And that's how I look at it. Like, there's games in an 82-game season, right, that are like set losses, back-to-backs against good teams, things like that. And we lose those games, and that's fine. But... I'm happy with the way we're building. I really am. Yeah, like quick question here. Like, what are some early names? Like, kind of the trade trade deadlines until March. But like, what are some early names like right here in January that you would like seeing possibly coming in to like fill in that like second line center? Like you're talking about the other positions. So if we were gonna make a trade for a second line center, there's two guys that I kind of really look to. It would be JT Miller or um Thomas Hurdle. I think Thomas Hurdle is a little more realistic because I he's kind of been outspoken a little bit back and forth about not loving everything in San Jose. I don't know what that trade would look like. I would assume it would cost us a top two round pick, a higher level prospect, and then probably a guy like a Jake DeBrusque or a Jack Stanika, something like that. I don't know if we pay the price to get him, but I think he would be super helpful for this team. It really solidify that second line. And, you know, he could be in a way a little bit of an help usher in the next group when Bergeron does move on in time. But then again, I mean, I don't know. They're, I mean, both both JT Miller and um, Hurdle are guys that I come right to my mind as guys I've heard that could be moved. But still, you're going to pay a pretty high price for either of them. So that's the, that's the double-edged sword, right? It's like any guy that you'd actually want is going to be expensive. So it's tough to, tough to just say, like, yeah, we definitely want him until we see what the deal is. How do you feel? Is there anyone you've been looking at or kind of like those guys? No, just I want to see your opinion. Well, that's fine. You're more, you're more the hockey expert over here. Yeah, no, I don't I I don't disagree. So the only other like place where I kind of look and I say that I a guy I would like to look at is Jacob Chikrin over in Arizona. But again, as Connor said on our last episode that we did and that I've read on the athletic and countless other places, they're looking for an Eichel like ask, which just isn't going to happen for the Bruins. There's no way we give up, you know, Studnika, DeBrusque, Beecher, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick for Jacob Chikrin and Carlo is, like, what I was seeing, what it would cost. It's like, we're just not doing that. Is he better than all those players? Yeah, but not – I mean, it's just giving up too much. We can't – the biggest thing right now is, like, I'm not sure that I look at this Bruins team the way it's made as a Stanley Cup contender. I think we're a playoff team. But if we don't think that we're going to be a contender within the next two years – we need to stop mortgaging the future. 
there. Like we need to build on these young players and we need to build up draft picks so that when Bergeron does move on and we start to lose these guys, we don't suck. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's the biggest thing. It's I don't want to see the Bruins have that monumental drop off. You look at the Detroit Red Wings, it's taken them years, years to start to become a legit team again after so many years of dominance, right? It's taken like four or five years now. I don't want that. Like I really don't for Boston. So I'm hoping that we can kind of usher in the next generation and get the right picks to do so. But, you know, back to like, how do you like the new lines? I, I do. I like them. Like pasta off the top line. I'm happy about. How do you feel? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Cause like, even though that's the perfection line, but I think it gives pasta a little more range to like, and like the matchups and everything and just going and be like, Hey, this is my line. Like I'm the top guy. I don't have to worry about Marshy taking all the shots or just freeze him up a little more, I feel like. Yeah, and I think Smith is fine to like be a shooter in that line. You know what I mean? You don't need – when you have Marshawn and Bergeron, you don't need Pasternak to make them go. He's a, he's a great player, and they, they work great together, but he can drive another line. So a guy like Smith, he's a high-volume shooter. He takes a lot of shots, and he's, he'll get to the dirty areas and crash them. That. I really like that line together. The second line, I think, has a ton of potential, right? I was kind of surprised when they moved Coyle down to the third and they put Hall there, but he's played pretty good. He's a fast skater, so you have a lot of speed with Hall, Pasta, and Halla. I, I think that if they can keep getting pucks in deep and using their skills, they're going to start to score a lot of goals together. So I think that line might work. I really want to see how they play tonight, like I really do tonight, and then the Caps on the weekend are going to give us a pretty clear picture of if they can be legit. I love the third line as it is right now with Coyle, Felino, and Steen. I think that's a great third line. I really like that a lot. And they, I mean, they're scoring, so like you can't really be mad about that. The fourth line's been our best line with Nosek, Lazar, and Freddie, but now you lose Nosek to COVID. So that's kind of a downside. I think it'll be bleed in tonight, and I think Freddie will move to the center because I think Kuhlman still has COVID. So it's interesting, but we'll see how they go. You know, I think Freddie played pretty good at center. So I think that we could still see a good pressure from that fourth line who really played good. Like I, I was happy with him. And Lazar starting to find the back of the net too. So it's another guy who you want to see have success and drive from the bottom six. If he can keep doing that, then it'll help. And you know, our lineup right now doesn't have Jake DeBrusque in it. And as much as it was that he got COVID, Bruce said he wasn't going to be in the lineup either way. So that means something to me. I think we're getting close. I really do. I think we're going to see Jake DeBrusque traded in the next month. But again, he's going to have to get rid of COVID now and then he can't be traded to Canada for probably how many days till he'd be useful. So I don't know if that slows down the trade chatter a little bit, but I think we see DeBrus move very soon. Yeah, so you? what do you what um you know I totally agree, but um when it comes to DeBrus, like what are you hearing for like trade rumors out there? Like any specific like three teams, what are the returns? Like what's it looking like? So obviously the report came out from Connor of Inside the Rink and you know, a friend of the podcast, and obviously we're with Inside the Rink that we're looking at DeBrusque for Yamamoto. There's been a couple, there's been people like Jimmy Murphy, who's a you know longtime Bruins writer, who said that he's heard the same thing. And then I know on the NRD podcast, the cold stove or whatever it is, they said that that trade's not real and they didn't hear that rumor. And I've heard kind of conflicting things back and forth. I think it's a possibility. I still do. I still think DeBrusque for Yamamoto makes sense for both teams. Two first round picks who, are, who have struggled and the swap could help them both. So I really do think that's a possibility. I think DeBrusque to Arizona is real. I think you could see Jake DeBrusque go to Arizona. I don't think it's for Jacob Chikrin. I think it could be more for a Phil Kessel type player. 
which I wouldn't mind a return to Kessel is kind of a hired gun, right? He's going to come in. He's going to produce goals if he's with good players. And he just, I like Phil. So Phil the thrill. Yeah. Phil the thrill gets back to Boston, right? There's no more char there. The guys he probably didn't get along with are gone. He can get a Fenway Frank. I think Phil would like it being back in Boston, to be honest. And then one more dark horse team that I think you could see DeBrusby move to is the Vancouver Canucks. I just, I think Vancouver season, obviously they're having some luck right now, but I do think that that's a team DeBrusque would like to play for. He's a Western Canada boy. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's a team that's kind of been around the Bruins. And if you're moving DeBrusque to Vancouver, I don't really, I can't. So it's all speculative, right? I don't have inside sources. I'm not going to act like I do, but I just see that's a team that could be a good fit for him. I don't know what the return would even be. You know, I you could try to get a guy like JT Miller from him, but you're going to have to then throw a first round pick too, which I might be fine with. I might not. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to see what it all looked like on paper, but. You know, I think that I do think DeBrus going to move. And that brings me to right, another guy from the 2015 draft, right? So Zach Senishin now has, came out and said he wants to be traded. I don't blame him. You know, he's came out and he said that he hasn't felt like he's gotten a fair chance. And I agree with him. I completely agree with him. Whenever he's came to Boston, he's played well. And then he gets hurt or something unlucky happens. He goes back down. He doesn't get another chance. I'm not saying that the guys we've called up haven't played well in their roles because they have, but Shenish deserves a chance and they just didn't give it to him. I understand completely why he wants to be traded. So I think when we see DeBrusque moved, we probably see him thrown in as a sweetener. He's another guy. He's a good two-way forward and he is a first-round caliber talent. He was kind of a reach in that draft, so he was really more like an end of the first round, top of the second round talent per his scouting report. But another guy who's interesting that just has not worked out in Bruce Cassidy's system Another missed pick there by Don, but I can only <laughs> talk about that draft so much. But I think that kind of, I don't know, does that wrap it up for our Bruins talk here? Tuca. Oh, can't my God, Tuca. Tuca I can't believe it. You're so right. You're so right. Let's talk Tuca. How do you feel about Tuca Rask being back? He's not going to get to play in Providence this weekend because the team, I think Lehigh Valley or whatever they're playing, has COVID. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited, though, just that first step in the right direction getting Tuka back, getting him, like, the seasoning he needs to, like, really, like, see the game action, get back in the game speed, test the hip out and everything. So I'm definitely excited, like, but then it brings us back to our question of who's the odd man out in that? Is it Olmark or is it Swayman? So. Yeah, I know that Elliot Friedman said today on his podcast that it's going to be Swayman, but Bruce came out and said it's not necessarily Swayman. So they haven't made that decision yet. And I'm still waiting to find out the actual rules with the taxi squad because Swayman's not waivers eligible. I don't know if he's eligible for the taxi squad or not. I think he is, but I'm not 100% sure. If he is, the Bruins technically could keep all three of them. I know how crazy that is, but and it would be tough, like fighting for the net, really. So I don't see that happening, but it is an outside realm possibility. But what I think happens, I think you send Swayman down. I think he he goes, he's the number one goalie in Providence. He builds on his good season he's had so far, and he comes in next year really fighting for that job. That's what I think they're going to do. I don't know if I agree with it, but it's what they're probably going to do. Yeah, it just makes the most sense. Would you consider trading Omar if he get like a decent return or yeah. throw him in to like as a trade piece? Like, like some of these players we were talking about, like that on teams that need goalies. Edmonton, look at Edmonton. Edmonton needs a yeah, goalie. Exactly. A guy like Omar would be mind. huge will be huge. But if you're trading Olmark and Nebraska, you need to get more than Yamamoto back. So that's where it's it's like, could a bigger deal fall in place? I think it could, but I don't know what it's going to be. 
And that's where it's like, I don't want to speculate too much and just be completely wrong, right? But I don't know. I really don't. I do know that I think if the Bruins send Olmark down, he won't make it through waivers. So they'd clear his contract off, but they'd get nothing for him. So I don't like that. I think he has trade value. He's played pretty good. You know what I mean? He's not He's not like a bad goalie by any means. Swayman and Olmark have not lost the Bruins any games. They haven't won the Bruins any games. That's where Tuka Rask comes in. Tuka Rask will win you games. That's why you want Tuka back. It's that simple. But I'm excited to have Tuka Rask back. Tuka Rask is elite. <laughs> I'll scream yeah, that from the years, Two years, 2Ks, too late, baby. <laughs> he's going to come in. He's going to help. I'm happy that he's going to be back. And you heard him say today, like, he couldn't imagine playing anywhere else because Bergeron and Marshawn are still on this team. It's like he just wants to get back with his boys. He doesn't care about the money either. That's the thing. Anyone's like, how are they going to fit Tuka Rask under the cap? They're going to have to make a move. It's like, no. Tuka Rask yeah. is rich. He doesn't care. He said it. He doesn't care about money. He just wants to come play hockey. He, he said he would play for beer money. It's like he's he's going to take – I don't think you see Tuca higher than like $1.1 million. I really don't. I think he'll yeah. take a million. I think he'd take 800000 I don't know. I really do. I think he just wants to play for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, he wants to play for Boston and prove that he can win a cup for them. That's, that's all he wants to do. He's had a great career, and he wants to end it that way on top. So Yeah. I think that and then we also of, have oh. – well, we have $10 million in the cap too, so – no, that's not till the trade deadline. Trade deadline. Yeah, at the deadline we'll have more cap space, but so that'll be when, yeah, we will have more. It'll be around ten million at the deadline, but we don't have that yet. So, but they they will. That's where it was like I knew they could fit in Eichel, but it would have to be that like he came in at the deadline. That was my early season thoughts. Obviously, it's not happening now. Bruins don't make big trades like that. <laughs> the biggest trade we'll see in the next ten years is that we got Taylor Hall. It's <laughs> we don't make big moves. They don't make big moves. Want to know another guy? My last point for the Bruins that I would love to see in black and gold, I think would be perfect, Tyler Sagan. Having a down year in Dallas. Imagine that. Imagine we made a move to get Sagan back. I know it won't happen, but he'd be the perfect fit. He really would. I think he would just revitalize him, and he would be such a great fit back in Boston. But I'll forever feel like that was the biggest mistake. But, you know, I have some exciting news to announce here. Our show who is presented by Inside the Rink, is now also sponsored by BetUS. So here's a quick word from our new show sponsor, BetUS. Friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com with promo code RINK. That's R-I-N-K for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you could get paid. BetUS.com. Kev, how do you feel about being sponsored by BetUS? Are you excited? Dude, I'm I'm ecstatic. Like, first of all, it's our first sponsor, so that's, like, special to us. But also, they're a good company. Like, like we said, 27 years in the business. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, it's legit, so... It's always fun to bet. You win some, you lose some, but you lose a lot like I do. But <laughs> it's, always, it's always fun betting and seeing, sitting on the edge of your seat. Hey, am I going to hit that one bet, win 10 grand, or am I going to lose a grand in a day? So yeah, always yeah. comes down to that. <laughs> yeah. Or me yeah. at the roulette table losing 515 minutes. But, yeah, maybe you should stop gambling. I don't know. But yeah, but I'm pretty excited about US on board. Again, it's like a great deal, right? So you sign up with Code Rink and then – Whatever you put in, you're getting 125% more for free. So you're literally getting free money to use that code. So just do it. It helps us. It helps inside the rink. It helps us grow. 
and it gives you more money. So it's a win-win. That brings us into Kevin's favorite section of the week every week, the NFL section. How, the, how about your Wait, pets? I thought we were you want to do hockey bets first? Oh, we yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to do our bets. We game, forgot yeah. last week about it. I know. Too, so. That's right. So, yeah. So, that actually brings me to our new section. We're going to do a bet, bet of the week every week brought to you by BetUS. So, this week's bet of, the, bet of the week is going to be the Washington Capitals on the money line tomorrow for the win over the St. Louis Blues. Right? That's what we're going with. Caps? Yeah, I like that one. All right. We think the Caps are going to come out. They're going to beat the Blues. And that's about it. Think well, Ovechkin, he wants that record, yeah, man. He's yep. coming. He's coming yeah. out with a vengeance. No, no one's going to stop him. So, Yeah, we'll tweet out that pick tomorrow too. But again, it's going to be the Capitals on the money line tomorrow night over the St. Louis Blues. And for the NFL section, your Patriots are back on track. Tell us all about them. Oh, man. I am very excited. Just Okay, I already know it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, everybody. So I will keep it a little calm. But a win's a win. The boys came out. Mac Jones throwing three TDs, like, ah, uh, man, Ramon Stevenson, two TDs, Damian Harris, two TDs, defense looking great, J.C. Jackson with a pick, uh, Brian with the pick, like, Kyle Duggar with the pick. These boys just love picking the ball off on defense. They're, it's just, it's amazing. Like, I know, like, it's the Jaguars again, but going into the playoffs, it's like a tune-up game for them, beating up on a little get the confidence back up after losing to the Colts and the Bills and back-to-back week. Yeah, it's tough. But it's just huge. Like, it builds the confidence, builds the foundation, lets them know, like, hey, we can we can play like this. Like, we're capable. Our whole line can toss people around, get the run game going. Mac Jones proving, like, hey, I can be accurate. I'm sorry. Like, I lost two games for us. I really didn't do much. But I'm going to find ways to help us win. And then – that also brings me to um, our wide receiver situation. Keneal Harry was a healthy scratcher that week. And they finally gave a guy that's been working hard all season, undrafted rookie Christian Wilkerson. He's been putting in the work since since preseason. He was the preseason star, like, on that team, making the plays, finding the connection with Jones. And he finally got his opportunity in, like, an expanded role last week. And he made big. He had four catches – and he had two touchdowns, though. That was a big part. He was found in the end zone on – was a couple good plays. I think one was like a 19-yarder. But he's just showing, like, hey, give me the opportunities, and I will – I'll make up for him. Like, I'm going to – I'm here to stay. Like, so it's good seeing the future with that, like, especially with an undrafted guy. But yeah, no, I mean, that's – it's. I look at it right. I look at Patriots. You know, it doesn't matter who it's against. It's a confidence-building win for Mac Jones. And when you have a rookie quarterback, it, he's still winning a game, a big game, like winning a game big in the NFL. It's huge for him. It's huge for his confidence and everything. Because, you know, he they don't go into that game expecting to win. Bill Belichick doesn't allow that. So I, I think it's great for the whole offense. You want them to fire like that when they're moving into the last week of the season, when they're moving into playoffs. You want them to prove to themselves they can do it, you know? That's really exactly, and like Bill letting them go and score fifty, and like yeah. not keeping the foot off the gas is like, nope, we're still playing till the end, till that last whistle. I don't care what we score, so that's good. No, no, for real. And I look at right at Wilkerson, it, it, the Patriots draft so well in the late rounds, and they sign undrafted free agents better than anybody. They just do. They find the diamonds in the rough better than anybody. Are they the best in the first round? 
that's up for discussion. No. Mac Jones was a great pick, but all around, I mean, I'm going to go with no. But Bill can find diamonds in the rush. rough. He knows how to take a piece of coal and shine it into a diamond. That's for sure. So I'll never go against that. But here's my question for you. You look at this Patriots team. You've seen how they've played against good teams. You've seen how they've played against bad teams. You've seen their flaws. You've seen what's great about them. How far do you think they can really go? Hmm. I've been thinking about that question all day since I wrote it in the notes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so all these, the defense is there. Like, you have the veterans. You have, like, from linebacker, DN, nose tackle, safety, corner. Like, they're there. Like, that core that's been there with Hightower, Van Noy, Jackson, like, all those guys, like, the leaders. And that's a tough part because that defense – Given the opportunity to, hey, we'll stop them, we'll give them to 20 or less points, but you just need the offense. So, like, right now, I hate, like, I hate to have it all come down on Mac Jones, but it's going to because we saw in the Buffalo game when you ran 46 times, you won thanks to that defense in the run game, but you can't do it every week. Just like you saw the second night you played Buffalo. They realized what you're doing, and they made the adjustments finally for that game. So it's like, yeah, our run game and O-line's dominant, but you need there's gonna be a lot of pressure on that offense. So oh, for need, sure. And you and the thing is you can't be going like when we try to come back against the Bills and the Colts, you can't be scoring in the fourth quarter, like all your points. You have to find ways to score early. Score in the first, score in the second, keep it up, like keep it close. Whether it's field goals or touchdowns, you just need to put points on the board and not make a rookie quarterback play from behind. Especially come a playoff game, and we're not going to be playing at home. So that's the biggest thing. It's, it's going to be tough, especially in some of these stadiums. Yeah, no, 100%. You don't want to make Mac have to play from behind. You need the defense to be stout, but I feel like they will. When the when the, when the lights come on, they're going to be good. Do I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl? No, I don't. Do I think they're two years out from Mac Jones being a dominant quarterback and really pushing them for it? Yeah. I do, and I think the dynasty will be right back, and I'll hate to watch it all over again. But I don't think they're ready quite yet. That's my honest opinion. The it's team, not my I think, question. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue, continue. I, now, my question is, can they, can they develop something now that really pushes them? And I think that, that they can do. If Mac Jones can come out and he can get a playoff win, I think that will be huge for him and for the Patriots future. I really do. And I know like people are going to be like, oh, Patriots hater. I just, but you agree, right? Like you don't think they're a Super Bowl favorite anymore, do you? After watching him lose to the Bills and the Colts, you st- are they still your Super Bowl favorite? No, I think it's going to be tough, especially after watching Kansas City and Cincinnati last week. Like those are two yeah. offenses. They just put it up. Like there's the big play. And I just feel like we don't have that big play element like Joe Burrow has with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Like, he has three receivers that could make a big play at any second. And then, of course, you have Kansas City, Tyreek oh, Hill, Travis Anyone Kelsey, can score. Any of those, they're all track stars on the receiving team. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Nicole Hardman, so, they're all track stars. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think that the Patriots will go out and take a receiver in the first two rounds of this year's draft, and I think that will be a game changer for their offense. Yeah, so I hope so, but – it's just nice to, like, we're already in the playoffs. We clinched it. But here's some scenarios I saw today on how we can we can clinch the AFC East this week in Week 18. 
So if New England wins and Buffalo loses their ties, then we win. Then we win the East. Or if we tie, Buffalo loses. We also have to. We also win the East. And then for us to become the number one seed in the AFC, if we win and Buffalo loses their ties, Kansas City loses, Tennessee loses, then we'll have the number one seed in the AFCs, which is very not likely to happen. But yeah, that's tough. I don't see that all. It's always cool seeing these scenarios. Like you could be that close to, to pulling it off, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, how do you feel about my Cowboys? I'll let you go first. How do you feel about the Cowboys? Wow, that's like the most bipolar offense I've ever seen. I just don't understand how you can go from dropping 40-something one week to like barely scoring 20 the next. So it's just tough like because your defense is there. Like, Oh, the defense, defense like is Michael Parsons is just – Has COVID. Oh, my God. But he's he such a COVID. beast. He'll be fine by playoffs. No, I know. Yeah, I – I don't disagree. But just the offense. I don't. I just don't trust Dak that much. He scares me. He really does. He never used to, but he does now. The Cowboys' offense can be so potent and then so dry. Like, and the Dak fumbles are a problem now. Like the turnovers from Dak are a problem. Big moment turnovers can't happen when you are that number one stud quarterback. So we got to fix that. Did we get screwed? Was it a fumble in Arizona? Yeah, it was. But whatever. I mean, we lost the game. We'd already clinched these, so it kind of is what it is. Do I think of paid the paid Cowboys? Jesus, Cowboys are a Super Bowl team. Eh, not quite. Do I think they could win, make it to an NFC championship? Maybe if they get the right matchups. I don't know. I go back and forth every week because you play a good team and you have a tough time, and that's what I keep seeing with the, with the offense. The defense has stayed strong, but just hasn't looked great. But I'm still happy with this season for the Cowboys. I think definitely something you can build off. The defense is only going to get better, right? So exactly. I'm surprised that FC East though this year with this is the Eagles. I know. I know. Uh, the Eagles are the Eagles. I thought were going to be better. I really did, but not quite. Not as good as them boys. How about AB? AB man, I was going to say that man is well. According to him, it's he said he was injured. And they still want him to go and play, but. He's like, nope, I'm done. And then Aaron, Bruce Aaron, he's like, you're done. You're done. So he's like, guess what? I'm done. Let me just rip everything off, throw yeah. it in the stands, and let me, me peace out. Before I really make my full opinion on it, he met with the Nelk boys today, and he went on their podcast to talk about what happened, the Full Send podcast. It's dropping tomorrow. I want to hear AB's side of it so bad. I'll send it to you in the morning when it comes out. And I think that, like, Number one, we're both a big Nelk fan. So I think that the I think they're gonna do an awesome interview on that full send podcast. They get unreal interviews of A B and they should get everything out of them. It should be super interesting. So I'm excited to hear his side. What it seems like is A B went crazy again and he left the field because he didn't hear something he liked. But if he was really hurt yeah. and they were trying to force him to play, which I don't think was what was happening, but who knows, then that sucks and I support him. But I want to hear a side of it before I really comment. I really do. So next podcast, we'll bring this we'll bring this up again after we get to hear a little more of it because I know he's going to have something crazy to say, and I cannot wait to hear it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for all that. Yeah, definitely. Which brings us in. So for Offensive Rookie of the Year, you have two candidates, Mac Jones and yep. Jamar Chase. And I think after last week's game of Jamar Chase, three touchdowns. Yeah, he, he's winning. 260 yards, he, he went away with it. Which brings me to a nice bet for that is 
He's still at minus 250. I know that's a little high, but still, I think it's pretty it's solid. He's kind of a shoe-in. Yeah, especially what he's going to do week 18. Like, they're going to keep winning. So, not winning, but they're going to keep throwing the ball. So, I definitely like that at minus 250. Jamar Chase, offensive rookie of the year. Especially I know Kevin didn't say what he was doing, but he's giving you guys some prop bets for the end of the NFL season. He just yeah, went into some prop bets. Also, some other prop bets I like here. Tom Brady, minus 200 for most passing TDs in the season. Right now, he has 40. Second place person is Matthew Stafford. He has 38. He's a plus 100 bet. But I just think Brady. Brady's playing Carolina. He's going to throw at least two touchdowns. I don't think Stafford's going to throw four or five touchdowns against San Fran. He'll probably throw two or three. So I definitely like that. Minus 200, Tom Brady. Uh, most TDs for the season. Yeah, I, I like that too, actually. I, I think it's highly unlikely that Stafford catches them. That two TD gap should be enough. Yeah. And then another one I liked was Zach Taylor of the Bengals for Coach of the Year. I have it at plus one. Biggest turnaround. I agree. Yeah, exactly. So the other the other one he's like head-to-head with right now is Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers. Oh, yeah, they're pretty on. they're pretty close to the odds. Oh, but he has the Aaron Rodgers. They have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. And for three straight seasons, they're 13-3. Yeah. So they, it's I not just... like it's consistent. And going in, then the whole thing is, is it Aaron Rodgers or is it LaFleur? But it's definitely Aaron Rodgers. Aaron yeah. freaking Rodgers. Yeah, and I'm not saying so, that. Like, not for a second am I going to sit here and be like, Joe Burrow is not a great quarterback because he is, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Will he be one day? No, probably not. Yeah. He'll be great. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. But still, like, what Cincinnati did last year, they were 4-11-1 yeah, without Joe. They're young. They're a young team. You got to give credit to the coach. Right. You're 10-6. and six. You already you won <laughs> your division over the Ravens in Cleveland yeah. and in Pittsburgh. So you won that division. You're just coming off a win – over Kansas City, and you have home field advantage for the first round or two of the playoffs. That's huge for a turnaround. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I, so I, I definitely, definitely like think Zach, Zach Taylor. Dan, do you have a – what's one game that you just have as your – let's call it your bet U.S. pick of the week for uh, for football. Who is it? Oh, I'm taking Chargers on the money line, Sunday night football. It's whoever wins this game again. So it's Chargers versus Raiders. Whoever wins the game is going to the playoffs. It could be so, the Chargers. Yeah, so I'm going to the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert's really going to step up. Yeah. He's going to throw three touchdowns, probably over 300 yards. Like, this man is going to show why he was a top pick, why he's been such a statistical beast his first two seasons, breaking all these records. So I definitely really that like – even last week, one thing I love was Derwin James, their safety. Beast. What a stud out of Florida State. He Beast. had his injuries, but he's back. Yeah. And he's like, after they're blowing out Denver, they give a late touchdown, and he goes, Coach, I'm sorry. That never should have happened. We need to do better. So when you have a guy like that, and that's the mentality that they're riding with on that defense, like I, I'm definitely going to take them for that final win. You're not getting that type of response out of a guy like Jalen Ramsey, I can tell you that much. 
No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think the Chargers are definitely going to win that game, especially with it all on the line. They're just the, they're the better team, so they should come out and they should win. They have better defense and offense. I know it's been hard to trust the Chargers for years, but I think this is Herbert's moment. That's I think the biggest thing that we saw this year, just to wrap up this podcast, really, the usher in the ushering in of the new generation of quarterbacks and i think we finally have a good gen good young generation of quarterbacks you have herbert oh, yeah, i'm excited allen they're kind of those mid-level guys but then the mid-age yeah, guys but they're still young you're still young then burrow mac jones and even trevor lawrence is going to be good justin fields is going to be good we, we have a good young gathering of qbs who are really i think going to push the nfl forward so it's definitely something to be happy about because i think we i mean you want Tua. good players <laughs> You want good players, yeah. Tua, <laughs> Tua is good too, I guess. I just I've never been a big Tua guy, but I mean he strung some wins together in a row. So Bruins, just yeah. a little Bruins update. They're tied. Hall has a goal for the Bruins. Then Kirill Kiprusoff of Minnesota just scored a goal. So I think on that note, we say thank you to all of our listeners. Let everyone know again, we are presented by Inside the Rink. You guys should be going to Inside the Rink for all of your hockey content, and we have a big announcement with that. Kevin, you want to do it? You want to do it? Yeah. Anyway, we have merchandise. Cue the Duck Boat merchandise. We have sweatshirts and we have t-shirts. We got like what five different colors in a bunch each. of colors. Yeah, good colors. Yeah, I'm too. excited. Like that royal blue one's mad nice. Yeah, it is nice. Though. I know. So, so listen, I'll probably be copping that soon. Yeah, I'm gonna buy one too. So this is this is the biggest thing. Like, yeah, we're gonna buy our own stuff to support us. So you guys should be doing the same thing. Just just know like every purchase is helping the website. It's helping us too, and it helps us, you know bring this podcast to you every week so we appreciate every purchase and also you're getting the coolest logo in podcasting on a t-shirt right. and a sweatshirt right. if you ever need a logo anybody go to max over at logo hog makes the best logos but either way it's now yeah. going to be on t-shirts with, like, oh yeah no definitely yeah, he really brought our vision to like yeah he our yes. dream yeah he made it's it awesome crazy he made it only wanted it's like hey this is what you guys want boom boom like and he put his little touch into it, so yeah, which made it cool. He's fantastic over there. But yeah, um, buy the merch, guys. Buy the merch. You can find it at insidetherink.com. So my advice for you, it's when you wake up in the morning, you're gonna listen to the podcast, then you're gonna want to read an article. So get over on Inside the Rink, read an article, and buy some merch. It'll That's probably be it. cold out, so you don't want a sweatshirt. Yeah, buy so merch. You don't need a sweatshirt. Buy, merch. buy the merch. Good night, Kevin. Have a good one, guys. Thank you guys for listening.